Good evening, everybody. Hey. As you can tell, I'm not your local world's greatest fisherman. I'm filling in for D today. He's out of town. And he asked me to preach, which is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I figured I'd tell you a little bit about myself, who I am, um, give you a little context for why I'm here, who is this random guy talking to you. Um, my name's Preston Mitchell. Um, I've been interning here at JBC, and it's been an amazing experience. I've been here for about six months, and it's been just such an awesome experience. Um, I hail from California. Um, I know that's some controversial stuff here, but that's okay, you know. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I'm here in Oregon now, um, and I wanted to tell a little bit about the story of how I got to Oregon. Um, so, for a long period of my life, I got out of high school, and I really had a lack of direction, or knowing where I'm going to go with my life, what I wanted to do. I had a lot of just questions. I tried to do a whole bunch of things. I tried to be a police officer. didn't quite fit. I tried to be an accountant. tried to sell real estate. tried to be a life insurance salesman. It wasn't really my cup of tea. It wasn't really anything that I did. It wasn't really matching or fitting up. And during this time of just not knowing where God wanted me to be, my friend and cousin Jesse came up to me and said, Hey, I'm planning on going to this Bible school up in Oregon. It's a nine-month Bible school just to get away, not accredited, just to, you know, learn some stuff about God, be with God for nine months. Now, if there's something about Preston, if there's the core of who Preston is, he loves people. And I loved the people from California. So when I heard, oh, do you want to go away up to Oregon for nine months? I was like, yeah, right. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I got my people down here. I got my ministry down here. This is what my life is right now. It's California. But, you know, Jesse asked me about it a couple times, and I was like, you know what? I'll throw him a bone. We'll go on a road trip to Oregon. We'll check out the facility. They have a retreat going on. So I'll just go up there and see what it's about. So I went up there, and man, was it a life-changing experience. It was just, I could really feel that that's where God wanted me to be, the relationships, the people that were there, and just the way God was moving in me really changed me. And I said, you know what? Nine months, that's nothing. We're just going to do it. We're going to commit, and it'll be great. And nine months came and went, and then I went back to California. (laughs) But no, there was something else that God had in mind for me. I uh, went to a leadership class by D. Duke during that nine months in Koinonia. And it was a great class, awesome, learned a lot. And one day, D. said at the end of class, you know, we're looking for an intern, one person to come here and to go to a Bible school and to get a master's degree and possibly go to something even better. And when he said that, there's very few times in my life I heard God's voice, but I very clearly and distinctly heard God say, that's going to be you. When I heard that, I said, no, no, I don't want to do it. Nine months was one thing, but four years, four years, that's a long time. I wasn't sure about it. But, you know, being here, God has been moving, and I've been growing more in my life than I ever have, ever. Like, it's been an amazing experience. Living and working at JBC has just been quite an experience. And, you know, when you're living here, you see the activities and things that go on all the time. And, and there's something that I kind of noticed uh, two weeks ago and, and just over the past couple of weeks. There's been a lot of death. 
And that's kind of upsetting and kind of sad. We had that really sad funeral two weeks ago. We're going to have a funeral this weekend. And, you know, it just kind of got me thinking, man, you don't really know when your life's going to end. You know, you don't have a guaranteed time. You could just drop dead. You could get in a car accident. Any time, any place. So it got me kind of thinking, man, it'd be really nice to know when you're going to die. Like if you had a watch, you know, that just told you like, hey, seven days from now, you're done. You know, that might be nice, you know, and you could get as much out of your time as possible, get as much done as possible. But you see, the problem is we have all these responsibilities and money issues and all these things. So you really can't get everything done that you'd want to do if you had seven days. You know, if I wanted to go to the Bahamas, I couldn't afford that right now. But so let's just get rid of that aspect. Let's just say you had all the power in the world to do whatever you wanted. What would you do? To go on that awesome vacation, maybe go skydiving, visit family across the world, go visit the world? Possibilities are endless. But then it kind of got me thinking. There was someone who knew exactly when they were going to die and had all the power in the world to do whatever they wanted. That person was Jesus. And what did he decide to do in his last seven days of his life? Jesus spent the last seven days of his life, one of the things he did, he decided he was going to wash the disciples' feet. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's gross. Okay, this wasn't the time where we have the nice socks, we pull them out of the dryer, we put them on, they're all nice and clean and everything like that, and then you take them off the next day, hopefully. They had sandals, they walked around in the mud and dirt all day. These were gross feet. This is what Jesus decided to do. So number one, Jesus washed feet. Okay, that's kind of weird. Let's, let's read about this. John 13, 12 through 16. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I am your Lord and teacher, uh, have washed your feet, You also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So not only did Jesus wash feet, but he says, you should wash feet. He set us an example. And this is is Jesus, okay? We're talking... You know, in the beginning was the word, (laughs) that Jesus. And it wasn't beneath him to wash feet. So that's number two. Jesus has called you to wash feet. Have you ever noticed that when we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we don't just pop into heaven. Hey, you did it. You made the right call. You're good to go. Come on in. Let's have a party. It doesn't quite work that way. A lot of people struggle with this thing that I was struggling with, not knowing what to do or where we're called. But Jesus has something for us to do. We have to be here for some reason, right? Otherwise, we would be there right now. But we have something else that we should be doing. For me, in my life, I had no idea where God wanted to. Luckily for me, he just walked up and slapped me upside the head and said, go to Jefferson. And I was like, okay, God, I guess that's what you want. That's where I'm going. But you, where does God want you to be in your life? And let me tell you, where God wants you right now, I have no idea. Sermon over. (laughs) 
I have no idea specifically. God could be calling you to do any number of things. I have no idea what that could be. That's going to be between you and him, something that you're going to find out through your walk. But I can tell you one thing, and that's number three. God has a purpose for you, and it's to serve in his kingdom. Wherever you're going, wherever you're doing, that's going to be a key part. Ephesians 2.10, for we are uh, God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So not only does God have a purpose for us, but he set these things in advance, these good works for us to do. And it's our choice if we are going to go through and do them. We have to find them, we have to do them, because God has set them for us to do. So why is it important to do these good works? I mean, who knows? Let's do a thought experiment, though. How awesome would it be if this Sunday we had a thousand extra people come into this church? That would be awesome. Having all these people here worshiping and praising God, super cool. But realistically, what would kids zone look like? <laughs> Could you imagine next to 250 kids? Come on in, let's go. We got one teacher, let's handle it. <laughs> so you need, we need to have people serving in the church to get things done in the kingdom. We need to have servants and people willing to put in that time, that energy, and that sacrifice. I mean, like if we had communion, that'd be a ton of cups. I mean, someone has to fill those, you know? So I know what you're thinking. Preston, you're an intern at this church. You're just trying to preach a sermon on service so you can sit back and drink lemonade and not have to do anything. And you're right. That's exactly why I'm preaching. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. This isn't all about church, though. Yes, we should be serving in the church. We should be doing all these awesome things. But it's not just about church. This is about our everyday life. And not all of us are called to be ministers. Not all of us are called to be people that are going across the globe and preaching the word, like in Africa or anything like that. If you're a farmer, if you're an accountant, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a student, God has feet for you to wash. (laughs) Wherever you go, God has prepared good works for you to do. Mark 9, 41. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. So you could be giving a cup of water to someone in Jesus' name, and you're doing God's work. You're serving. So we need to be keeping that in mind and focusing and looking at that. There's plenty of opportunities to serve. Let me give a great example. Here's a crazy thought. What if we served our spouses? Mind blown. Game changer. Doing the dishes, though? Come on. That's crazy. I mean, first of all, if you even suggested that you were going to do the dishes, you'd have to get out the smelling salts, prepare to catch them, because they're going to be falling all over the place. We're like, oh, what's this crazy new person? (laughs) But that's an opportunity to serve. And what if you don't have a significant other? All right? Hey, singles out there, I'm talking to you. All right? Let me tell you about my man Moses. You want to know how he got his wife? Hmm, running away from Egypt. And then he ran across the situation where there was these shepherds that were annoying these ladies. He shooed away the shepherds and ended up watering their flock. Got home with the ladies. Got married. Wife. Boom. Service. That's how it's done. (laughs) Take note. 
I'm just, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. I'm single. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> but the point is that we're supposed to be serving and showing that love. Number four, serving others demonstrates love to others. We need to be showing love to people with our service. So how important is it to show love to people? I mean, I think it's pretty important, but how important is it? What does the Bible say? Well, I mean, Jesus said that the two greatest commands was love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. He said the whole law hangs on these two things, hangs on this love thing that we should be doing. So I'd wager to say it's pretty important that we be showing love. So I want to talk about um, this particularly. There's a part of this, because a lot of people would say there's two parts of this, love God and love other people. But there's more to it than that. And something that I think is important that isn't talked about as much. There's a third aspect to that, and it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So what does that mean? That means if I hate myself, I can hate my neighbor, we're good to go. <laughs> no, doesn't quite work that way. See, we have to have a love for ourselves as well. So I want to encourage you, if you have problems with depression, with anxiety, or anything like that, God doesn't want you there. God wants you to love yourself and love others and love him. This is super important, and that's a whole sermon amongst itself, but we don't have time for that. So we're going to move on. (laughs) But we are going to talk about this. Number five, an act of service in God's name fulfills all three of these parts in the greatest commandment. That's pretty awesome. You don't really get to see something that has all three of these very often. Well, you do, but anyways, this is how, what I mean. So let's, let's take this for example. Sunday morning, you're a greeter at the door, and you're serving. So you're serving God, all right? You're in his church. You're making people feel welcome and feeling open and embraced into the body of Christ. Number two, you're talking to people. You're serving other people. You genuinely care about what they're going through. You try to talk to them. You give them a smile. You give them a, hey, how's it going? It's great. And then thirdly, you're also serving yourself, which kind of sounds weird because, hey, I'm sacrificing here. I'm putting my time in. I had to get here early, all this stuff, put in all this extra effort. But the thing is, you actually are serving yourself. If you spend your life trying to make yourself happy and just make yourself happy, you're going to be miserable. (laughs) pursuing your own happiness is not the way to go. If you spend your life making others happy, you're going to have such a better time. (laughs) Your life's going to be way more joyous, way more fulfilling if you spend your life serving others. So if you're serving, you're fulfilling all three of those requirements right there. And that's pretty awesome. I mean, there's a couple other things like prayer. Prayer fulfills that. You're having a good relationship with God. That's improving you and him. And also you're praying for other people so that is good for them too. You're showing love to all three of these places, which is just a really cool thing. So service does this, and it's really awesome. But there's more to service than just serving. Kind of sounds strange. Isn't that the whole point? It's serving. But number six, it's not just about serving. It's about having a heart of service. Your motivation on where you're coming from when you're talking to people, is extremely relevant. It's extremely important. And let me give an example, okay? It's Valentine's Day. You wake up, guy number one. Oh, man, 
I totally forgot about Valentine's Day, but it's okay. I'll just clean through like I did last year. Runs downstairs, grabs a post-it note, love you, babe. Puts a little heart, little arrow through it. Goes into the neighbor's yard, grabs some flowers. Comes back, posts that on the door. We're good. Now she can't not love me because I'm awesome and I did this. So that's a gift that you could give. Not quite the best motivation or the best thing you could do. Or you could be like guy number two who spent a month thinking about a poem, writing it down, putting it to music, and really thinking about how much your wife has impacted your life and putting your heart out and saying how much they appreciate her. Kind of a different story. Your motivation is extremely important. Same thing with serving. If we are going to serve, we need to check ourselves because humans are pretty prideful. We have the ability to go off the rails pretty hard. (laughs) So when we need to see our motivation, if we're doing it for our own glory, for our own, like, I just love it, you know, when Miss Krause says, Preston, you're doing a good job. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm doing it for. That's not right. That's not what it's for. So Matthew 8, 5. Uh, This is Jesus talking about the Pharisees. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. See, they're not shining God's light. They're there for themselves. They're there for the glory. And that's not good. We're supposed to be shining God's light. See, if you have a servant's heart, you're not serving to look good. You're serving to make God look good. Because he's worthy of it. God is so awesome. There's nothing in this entire room, nothing in this entire parking lot, town, earth, universe that he didn't make. There's nothing that we could give. There's nothing that we could do that he has not already given us. He's that awesome. It's pretty cool. (laughs) And yeah, you could say, serving takes sacrifice. And that's true. No matter what you're serving, you're going to be given some sort of resource. You're either going to be giving time, you're going to be giving possibly money, you're going to be giving focus, energy. All this stuff takes away from you, right? But you see, that's not our focus. It's not the fact that we're sacrificing. It's the fact that Jesus sacrificed for us first. And that's why we can be here. That's why we can have a relationship with God. It's through Jesus' sacrifice. God sent his son for us. He sacrificed for us. This is the motivation we need to come to when we have service. When we're serving others, we need to be thinking of Jesus because he's given us lots of feet to wash. All right, we're going to be talking about something kind of awesome. Okay, number seven. Serving with a servant's heart guarantees blessings and honor from God. What? That is so cool. That is super awesome. And again, it's nothing, it's not like a, cha- it's not like a paycheck, right? It's not like, oh, I put in this many hours, I get this much blessing. All right, let's go. It's nothing we can earn. It's nothing that we deserve, but it's something that God has freely given to us as an act or blessing and honor of our serving. So let's read a couple of verses about this. Colossians 2, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at, excuse me, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not uh, not for human masters, since you know 
that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is Lord, the, the Lord Christ you are serving. So that kind of says it. <laughs> you know, we're working for Jesus. We're not working for human masters. And if we're on God's team, he has a reward for us. He has an inheritance for us. We have an eternity with him. He's a good person to be on good terms with. <laughs> if I was to say Let's also read from John 12, 26. Whoever serves me must follow me, and wherever I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Man, he will honor? That's a strong word. It's pretty awesome. So he'll reward and honor just for following Jesus' footsteps, for being a servant and for washing feet. Now this is at the very end of the chapter that I read at the beginning with Jesus washing the feet. Kind of was holding out on you. There was one more verse, but I didn't want to tell you, but I'm telling you now. John 13, 17. After all this washing feet business and, and talking about being an example. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You'll be blessed. So, to Jesus, to God, washing feet, that's worthy of blessing. Washing feet, that's worthy of honor. Washing feet, that's worthy of reward. So when we think about these tasks that seem lesser or unimportant, like giving someone a cup of water in Jesus' name, let's keep a mind on how important, how much God cares about this. The creator of the universe cares about this. Let's pray. Dear Lord, just thank you so much for the time you've given us on this earth. Lord, I pray um, that we just spend our time in service to you, Lord, that we recognize how awesome you are and how worthy of praise and how worthy you are just in general. Lord, we want to give our lives to you. We want to be an active service to you, Lord. So I just pray as we go out tonight and we tackle the rest of our week. I pray that we just take time to really think and focus, how can I serve God right now in my life? What are these good works that you call us to do, that you've set before us to do? Lord, and how can I wash feet? In Jesus' name, amen.